News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. It is the winter gremlins out there wreaking havoc. How about that, Lior? You there, pal? I'm here, my friend. How you doing? There you are. Good. It's, uh, it's snowy. It's crazy. You never know what's going to happen. But I was just mentioning that the uh, the good part of the meat of the show today, things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights. Oh, but we will divulge all. That is coming up here in just a bit. But we always start with the uh, the week that was. How was it, pal? Well, it was cold, and it is cold, and uh, you know it's uh, it's going to continue to being cold. So I don't know uh, what to say about that. But beyond that, it has actually have been has been a very busy week. I've been speaking with a lot of people about their workplace rights. People that heard us right here on CFRA and wanted to ask questions about something that they heard about, something that triggered something uh, in their mind. So if you're in the same situation, you want to know about your workplace rights. Well, we're here for the next uh, 15 minutes or so to talk about those things and uh, and answer your questions. So don't be bashful. Don't hesitate. Give us a call right now. And in calling us and asking us a question about your rights, you're going to help others that have similar yeah. questions and similar situations. But, of course, John, as you know, not everyone wants to get on air. And if you don't want to, not a problem. My contact information will give that to you throughout the show. And you can call me or email me, and we can have a chat, and I, I can help you uh, uh, gladly. But week there was, uh, some things that came across my desk. Uh, I spoke with a, a lady right at the beginning of the week who uh, was in a very difficult situation. Uh, her parents, uh, her, who live overseas, well, her father recently passed away. Her mother uh, suffers from a serious condition, and because her father passed away, there was no one to care for her mother. So she right. had to uh, fly overseas to be with her parents, number one, to help uh, to, to help uh, her mom, but also to find her mom a permanent uh, caregiver now that her, uh, her father had passed away. And she talked to her employer, and she told her employer that, I figure this is going to take potentially you know, two or three months or so. I'm going to need to to be off there off there and I'll come back as soon as possible and I can continue updating you. They right off the bat gave her a hard time. No, we can't do that. That's a busy time of year. Uh we need you to stay here. Eventually they said, "Well, you can go for uh 3 weeks, but be anything beyond that, uh we can't guarantee your job." Well, and sure enough, after she been gone for a few weeks, she uh she had received an email saying that they considered to her to have resigned and that she no longer has a job there. She called me, and she's extremely upset, as anyone would. Not only is she dealing with difficult uh, family issues, uh, she now essentially is out of a job. Well, here's the thing, John. Her, her employer has a duty to provide her time off. Now, under the Employment Standards Act, she's allowed time off to care for her uh, ailing mom. But beyond that, the company has a duty under the Human Rights Code to accommodate based on family status. So what right. that means is if there's a family situation she needs to take care of, and really the only person that can take care of that family situation is her, the company mm-hmm. needs to accommodate her. And that may mean giving her the time off, giving her the flexibility to be with her mom and to care for her mom. So th- the, this company not only breached the Employment Standards Act, they breached the Human Rights Code. It's actually considered to be discrimination. We see wow. family status accommodation often in the context of kids when a parent may have some child responsibilities and they need their employer to accommodate, but it can happen just as easily with respect to parents. Many of us now have elderly parents, and in some situations we may need our parents uh, or we may need to help our parents and to provide care and support. Our employer has to accommodate. It's illegal if they don't. So I'm going to help her uh, in the coming days and weeks to get compensation that she's owed, uh, to get severance, to get damages under the Human Rights Code. So I wanted to uh, remind everyone there, whether you have ailing or or aging parents or not, 
the company does have to oblig- uh, to accommodate your family obligations. The number, by the way, six one three five two one talk six one three five two walk talk. It is a call and show. Would love to hear from you early on the going here, Fanny. First one through. We're going to get to more week than was. I know you want to talk about something else, but as always, we'd like to bounce over to our fine listenership. Fanny, how are you today? Doing fine, thank you very much. Great. What's your concern? I do have a question because I have a uh, signed contract when I started working. That uh, well, all the employees do actually. Although I am a full-time uh, employee, supposedly, I have a signed contract that says that he can um, vary my hours. That my boss can mm. vary my hours over 88, uh, 44 hours a week. So, but eighty-eight hours in a two-week period. So, I he doesn't have to pay me overtime. So, I mean, sometimes I do uh, double shifts, and then I have. Because he doesn't have to pay me, it, it ends up being that I fall within the 88 hours, and then that's it. I, I don't get any oversight. So, so I'm just wondering how legal here. that is, because basically the contract was only for to a certain date, to um, last year, and he's never renewed it, and we have no notification of it anywhere. Do it, does it still apply if it, if, if it had a time limit on it in the beginning? So ultimately, this actually has nothing to do with the contract, simply because if, if you qualify for overtime, the company has to pay overtime. It doesn't matter what you sign. So overtime is calculated weekly. If you work more than 44 hours in a week, you have to get paid time and a half for those extra hours. You, even if you sign something that says otherwise, that, that piece of paper wouldn't be worth the paper it was written on. Uh, so are, are you talking about situations, Fanny, where you work more than 44 hours a week and don't get paid overtime? Yeah. How many hours would you work in a week, let's say? Oh, sometimes I can do uh, 60 hours. Wow. Well, no, no, no. It does not work that way. So let's using using an example. Let's say you work 60 hours. Holy cow, that's a lot of hours. Well, for yeah. 16 hours, right, anything over 44, he has to pay you time and a half. And he, that's true even if you're on salary, by the way. And even if you sign a contract that says, I'm not going to pay you overtime, it doesn't matter. You, you cannot contract out of overtime entitlements. So uh, there's a very, very, very simple way to, to address this. Uh, and it, it would literally take minutes. And that is, I send them an, a, a letter. I assure you, as soon as I send them a letter on my letterhead, uh, the next day you're starting getting, to pay, you'll start getting paid overtime and you'll get overtime paid retroactively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you potentially can go back two years to claim any overtime that uh, that they owe you. So, Fanny, let me help but, you with this. I mean, that's that's completely wrong what you've described here. But what about the like the, what he said when we signed the contract? When everybody had to sign the contract in the beginning, uh, as they're hired, they have to sign this contract. So it's it's like averaging hours contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I work uh, sixty one week and then thirty the next week. He can average it out because it's still not 88 in two weeks. Well, so an averaging agreement is a different thing. It's something that has to be approved by the Ministry of Labor. Uh, in some situations, your employer has the ability to average your hours over a period of time. Now, so I'd want to see if he, in fact, did that. In other words, did he get it approved by the Ministry of Labor, number one? And number two, if you're telling me that this contract expired, then uh, an averaging agreement can only last for a period of time. It cannot be forever. So you may well be owed overtime, not only moving forward, but even retroactive. 
So, Fanny, you and I really do need to talk. I want to get some more information from you. And there's no situation where you wouldn't be owed overtime uh, based on what you've described here. So don't don't let a company get away with working you 60 hours and not paying you overtime. That's wrong. Oh, boy, you better better believe it's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Fanny, we appreciate your call. We're uh, we're going to let you go. Here's the number you want to reach out and get a hold of Lior. Simple one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll give that out throughout the show today, and uh, help at employmenthour.com through email. We'll take a short break. Get back into your calls. As you see, lines are open, ready for you. It is a call-in show, 613-521-TALK. Lots more Employment Hour is on the way right here on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Back indeed as we get into it here. The uh, lines are open for this show for the remainder of the hour. 613-521-TALK. You want to call in, ask your questions, make your comments. We'd love to hear from you till around uh, 6 o'clock uh, this afternoon. Things that your employer won't tell you about workplace rights. Oh, but we're going to. I love this topic. It's a, it's a beauty. <laughs> well, you know, John, oftentimes it, employees take their employer's word for, for something. And, right. you know, the employer says, that's what you're owed. These are your rights. You know, we talked with, with Fanny right before the break when her employer is telling her she's not over, uh, owed overtime. Well, you can't do that. Now, I'm not suggesting that, that employers are going to lie to you. Some might, but oftentimes employers themselves are not aware of what your legal rights are. So there's certain things your employer is not going to tell you, either because your employer doesn't want you to know or because your employer doesn't know itself. Well, those are important things, and even though your employer is not going to tell you, guess what? We will. You bet. Here's your first one. You don't have to sign an employment agreement if you're already employed. Absolutely. This is key. An employment agreement, by the way, if you're an employee, the employment agreement is not your friend. Let's be very clear here. You would rather not have an employment agreement, and for those that have not heard us before, that may sound crazy. But no, take yep. me, take my word for it. You would much rather start working on a handshake or a kind of a, a one-paragraph email, much better than a full-blown employment agreement, which often will help the employer. But where it get, gets very interesting, and you have to remember, is if you're already working for the company, and the company wants you to all of a sudden to sign a new employment agreement, that's bad news. That agreement will provide better terms and for the employer and worse terms for you, the employee. So you don't want to sign it, and you don't have to sign it. Your employer can't punish you, can't threaten you, can discipline you for not signing the employment agreement. And obviously, your employer is not going to tell you that. Your employer is not going to say, here's an employment agreement, but you don't have to sign it. Well, I just told you. If your employer comes to you all of a sudden and wants you to sign a new employment agreement, be worried. Don't do it. Certainly do not do it without me seeing it first. But I can almost assure you that it's not going to be good news. You're better off not having signed it, and nothing bad can happen to you. And if you're already working and you do sign it, don't they have to like throw you a bone to make it binding? In, in the and first that's time? kind of the level two of the analysis. So let's right. say despite what I said, you signed the agreement. And later on, as I've just said, it turns out that that was a bad decision. There were terms in it that uh, were problematic, potentially something that limited your severance. Well, here's the thing. For a new employment agreement to actually be binding, the company has to give you something in return for signing it. That could be a signing bonus. That could be a pay raise, extra vacation, something. Something in return for signing it. If you just sign that employment agreement and you don't get anything, arguably it's not enforceable. That said, the responsible thing 
is not to sign the agreement and thinking that it's not going to be enforceable. Don't sign it unless you are prepared to abide by it. But if you do end up signing it, believe it or not, later on, we may actually still be able to get around it if you didn't get something in return. The number six one three five two one. talk You have questions about this or any other topic about your workplace, your severance, you can also, by the way, go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out exactly what you wrote. Talking about the uh, workplace rights your employer will not tell you about. I mean, even if they made a mistake, they wouldn't tell you, but we are right here. Another one is you cannot be temporarily laid off. Temporary layoff, probably the biggest thing or the most common thing that your employer won't tell you or, in fact, your employer may purposely or not mislead you about. A temporary layoff in most cases is not something the company is allowed to do. It's otherwise illegal. What I mean by that is that a temporary layoff is considered to be a termination, mm-hmm. which means if you've been laid off temporarily, you can treat that as a termination. Your employer is certainly not going to tell you, oh, we've, been, we've laid you off temporarily, but guess what? We're not really <laughs> allowed to do it, right? They're not going to do that. Uh, so uh, you need to know that. That's why it's so important. So what happens if you have been placed on a temporary layoff? Let, let's say your company comes to you and they, it says, well, business is slow for the next couple of months. We're going to put you on a temporary layoff and hopefully it picks up and we'll call you back if it does. Well, here's the thing. You can accept it, uh, but the other thing you can do is say, no, I am going to treat that as a termination of my employment and get my severance right now. The reason you want to do that rather than uh, accept it is because if you accept it, even though you're probably not happy about it, you've given the company the right to do it again. So in the future, when the company lays you off again, that second time and the third and the fourth and the fifth, you won't be able to do anything about it. You'll have to accept it. That's not a, a good way to work. So you've been pla- if you've been placed on a temporary layoff, you should, in my opinion, treat that as a termination and get your severance your employer won't tell you that, but hey, I just did. And that's why we're doing all these workplace rights that your employer will not tell you about, but you'll hear them only generally on this show. So we're going to move on to another one here. The terms of your employment can't be changed in a significant way while you're working. Right? Of course not. They absolutely no. cannot. And we're talking about negative changes, you know, a demotion, a pay decrease, uh, a, a, you know, relocation far away from where you used to work. Your employer does not have a right to do that. Now, of course, they can make good changes. No one's going to complain about a nice, big, uh, fat pay increase. No. But uh, when it comes to negative changes, your employer cannot and does not have a right to do that, which means, again, you can treat that as a termination. This is what we call, of course, a constructive dismissal. So if your employer says, you know, we've decided to, to realign, you know, that's a nice word. It doesn't sound so bad. And as part of this realignment, you're going to be in a different role with different responsibilities. We're going to take away uh, the people that you've managed. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll readjust your pay. Uh, again, you, it may sound like this is something the company can do, but now you know that they can't. If you're in a situation where your job changes, uh, it doesn't even have to be a change in pay. It could be a, a lesser response, lesser responsibilities. That is a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a termination. And as I said before, with respect to temporary layoff, if you don't do that, if you let the company make the change, you've arguably given them the right to do it again in the future. So the next time they make a change, you may not be able to do anything about it. You may be stuck with it. So once a company starts changing terms of employment, I call that messing around with the terms of employment, you probably want to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Again, your company won't tell you that they can't do that. In fact, they'll tell you that they can. But I just told you otherwise, so now you know.
Those, uh, you know, those those changes of your of your employment are they all mutually exclusive? Meaning that okay, you know, you we changed your hours uh, last week or last month. You said that was okay. Now we're going to change your pay, and we're allowed to because we changed your hours. Or they're all separate. You know, it's a great question, and, and it really kind of would depend. You know, if the company uh-huh. did say changed your pay, and then the next month they want to relocate you, well, right. those are so different then the company won't necessarily be able to do that uh, again just because they they change your pay doesn't mean they can relocate you. But if they demoted you, let's say, and they didn't decrease your pay, and next month they want to decrease your pay, arguably it's close enough that you can say, that the company can say, well, we changed your job or you changed the terms of your employment last month, you you let us do it, which means we can do it again. So, you know, it's a very good question you ask because of that, more of a reason if a company is going to change terms of employment, you have to be careful. You have to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, if if you are listening right now and you recently or even any time in the past uh, experienced a change to the terms of your employment, I want to hear about it. Give us a call. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what those changes were, if you decided to accept it or not, why, uh, and, and how the company presented those changes to you. I think uh, it would be interesting, some, some interesting stories there that I'd love to hear about. You know the, the the change of pay. Obviously, you don't want that. Or your hours from days to nights. Nobody's going to like that. But say say it is location, and it's like the way they've come to you. Say you know instead of going twenty minutes or half hour west on the highway, now you're going to go maybe thirty minutes east. Can you take it for a spin, figuratively speaking, and say you know what? Let me try it, guys. I want to be a company guy. But if it doesn't work, I want to go back to the way it was. Can you do that? Yeah, and, and that's absolutely true. Some changes that the company is going to implement are not necessarily going to be, uh, it's not going to be obvious how they're going to impact right. you right away. Yeah. Now, if a company yeah. reduces your pay by 30%, you know what that means. <laughs> but some changes could be more subtle, like a relocation. Is there going to be a big deal? Is it not going to be a big deal? Is it going to impact you? When it's not clear how the change impacts you, you can take it for a spin. You, you are allowed to try it out. Now, cool. I would tell the company that that's what you're doing that I'm concerned about this change, but I want to try it out. And I wouldn't do that for very long. I would do that for a few weeks. Anything beyond that, you may then be in a constructive dismissal situation uh, if you don't want to accept. So you can try it out, but only for a limited time. We'll take a short break. Like we said, phone lines are open. This is a call-in show. It is your time to call in, ask your questions. Very simple to do so. 613-521-TALK is the number. We'll take a short break and get right back into more of those employment rights. Your uh, employer will not tell you about, but we are going to right here on this show. It's the Employment Hour on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Still plenty of time for you to uh, call in, ask your questions about your job, possibly for a friend or family member. No worries. 613-521-TALK would be that number. In the meantime, talking about things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will on this show, no problem. Next one we will expose you to is this one, and it has to do, I guess, in reflection to the week that was when we started the show, and that is you get overtime if you are on salary and even if the company hasn't approved it. That's right. And, you know, Fanny called us with an overtime question, and I, I, yep. t- t- I told her a few things about overtime. So let's be very clear. Again, your employer may not tell you this, but you get overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week, and it doesn't just apply to hourly employees, okay? It applies to salaried employees. So whatever you earn in a week, whatever your weekly salary is, divide that by 44. That gets you an hourly rate, and time and a half is what you get if you work more than 44 hours a week. It's that simple. So you get overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. Now, the other thing is your employer definitely won't tell you is that you get overtime even if the company did not approve it, okay? 
if you had to do the work, if the work was necessary and you, need, you needed to stay the extra hours to get the work done, then the company has to pay it. The company cannot say, hey, hey, we didn't tell you to work overtime, so we're not going to pay it. That's illegal. If the overtime was legitimately worked, the company has to pay the overtime. Now, a company may get upset uh, if you work overtime when they haven't approved it, uh, so that's something you want to consider, but do they still have to pay it? Absolutely. I always recommend, if at all possible, you want to talk with uh, the company about the expectations with respect to overtime, and if you have to work extra hours because you need to get the job done, tell your company so that there's no surprises. But ultimately, even if the company has not approved it, and I'll go beyond that, even if the company has said, don't work overtime, but you did because it was necessary, the company still has to pay that overtime. It's that simple, that important, and if they don't pay you, just like Fanny did right at the beginning of the show, Call me. Call me either here on the show, call me at the office, email me. We need to talk about it. By the way, that number to reach out to when the show is not on the air, on air, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employmenthour.com. So, yeah, that that raises an interesting scenario where you've done it maybe a few times in the past, and the boss says, look, man, you, you can't keep doing this. We can't keep paying you for overtime, so don't work it. But now you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because it's like, well, I can't get all my work done in the hours you've allotted me. That's why I'm staying back. What do you want me to do? Because then you're going to say I'm not doing my work. Exactly. Literally between a rock and a hard place. And that's a difficult situation. And which is why, you know, the best way to resolve that is to have an open discussion with the company. And by the way, open discussion is nice, but you always want to follow up with an email documenting and confirming what was said. I would tell your employer, here's what I need to get the job done. Here's what I have to do. If you don't want me to do it, that's fine. If you don't need me to finish all these things, that's okay. Tell me and I won't. But otherwise, I have to stay as long as I need to to get it done. Uh, the company can't have it both ways. They can't say mm-hmm. you have to finish everything, but you can't work as long as it's needed to finish it. <sighs> right. So uh, remember, the company has to pay that extra overtime if you work it uh, and if it was necessary to, to get the job done. Lots of time still for you to call in, ask your questions. If this has you scratching your head or anything else about your job, possibly looking at a severance letter in front of you or for a friend or a family member, 613-521-TALK is the number to call in uh, until about 6 o'clock this evening. We are talking about the employment or other workplace rights that you're at uh, your company. Chances are they're not going to tell you about, but we're uh, opening Pandora's box here on the show today. The next one is if the business is sold, you don't have to accept a job with the buyer. Very common, by the way. You know, uh, many, yeah. many, many pe- people have gone through a change in ownership in their business. The business was sold, another company bought it. So let's be very clear as to what happens here. If a business is sold and a new company is going to take over, you don't have to take the job with a new buyer if you're offered a job. And if you decide not to, you're still owed severance. Now, so let's be very clear. Usually a company that sells a business is going to tell you their employees, uh, it's not even an issue. Uh, we're closing the doors on Friday. They're opening mm-hmm. it on Monday, and they're going to be your new employer on Monday. Well, no, it's not that not that easy. You can absolutely say no and still get severance. Okay. Now, in terms of how much severance, if you have a good reason as to why you don't uh, accept the job with the buyer, maybe it's because it's a different job or it's going to be a demotion or a relocation, there's a good reason then you get your full severance, again, based on your age, position, and length of employment. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com to see what that would be. If there isn't a, if there's no good reason, maybe you just decide, you know what, this is a good time for me to go back to school and uh, learn something new. That's fine. But in that situation, you're not going to get your full severance. You're going to get wow. your minimum entitlements only under the Employment Standards Act. But either way, you're going to get some compensation. Either way, you're going to get some severance. 
So when a company is sold, you don't have to accept uh, the, the offer. And the other thing I'll say about this, of course, is if you do accept the offer, if you continue working with the buyer, they inherit your service. You also, of course, want to be very careful with any employment agreement that you sign with the buyer. If that happens, if you're being offered a job by a buyer, before you, before you sign on that dotted line, you really do need to give me a call. So in any event, before I move on to Brian here, I see there's standby, Brian. Who pays the severance if you get it? Well, the person that pays the severance, if you're going to not accept the job with the buyer, then the seller, your current employer pays that severance because you never would have worked with the buyer. Once you take a job with the buyer, later on, they let you go. They pay you your full severance, but they have to account for your full service including the service you had with the previous company. So right. if you haven't worked with the, buy- with the buyer, then the seller pays it. The number again is 613-521 to t- call in and ask some questions if you want. As mentioned, Brian, thanks for hanging on the line. I knew we have a question for Lior. Uh, go ahead. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, I got uh, two questions. Uh, one yep. has to do with um, straight pay versus overtime. Sure. Uh, my my boss is telling me that they don't pay overtime; they only pay straight pay, like straight hours, even though it's past forty four hours. And also, another question regarding work is: I drive a truck for a living, so if the truck is broke down like it normally is, they don't pay; they send you home. But I'm on the books, and they don't pay anything while I'm at home. So, what does the law say on that? So first of all, for, for truck drivers, depending on, on uh, the type of driving that you do, there's a different threshold for overtime. Uh, and, and so, for example, some drivers, the, that threshold is going to be 60 hours. For others, it could be 50 hours. So depending on the type of overtime that you work, uh, or sorry, the driving that you do, it's going to be a different threshold. It's not going to be 44 hours. It's going to be a different threshold, but it's still going to be time and a half. So if a company doesn't pay you time and a half, they're still in breach of the law, and you should reach out to me. Now, are you saying in the second scenario that they're not paying you while you're you're kind of in between jobs? Is that what you're saying? No. We go to work. If the truck's yep. not working because they don't have time to fix it because other things are more important, yep. uh, they don't pay us, and they just send us home. No, hold on. No, they can't do that. If, if you're if you're coming into work uh, and, and that time spent, they have to pay you. They can't decide, well, we can't send you out, so, so we're not going to pay you. If you've spent time getting there, staying there, waiting, what have you, then no, no, they have to pay you at least for that time. So uh, it certainly sounds there that your, your employer is not dealing with you the way uh, uh, your employer should. So uh, we can talk about that. If you want to call me off air and I can help you, we could potentially go to the Ministry of Labor uh, or, uh, or or if you're federally regulated to uh, the Industrial Relations Board. But either than that, no, you, your company can't decide that they're going to change the overtime rules and they can't decide not to pay you when you're there at their request. It doesn't work that way. Now, we're put on the schedule and they'll, they'll tell us, well, your truck's not ready. You know, you may as well go home and then they don't pay. Yeah, no, they can't. Obviously, you would have spent time, and and once you're there, you're there. Uh, now they may they obviously won't have to pay you for your shift, but they certainly have to pay you for the time you've been there. So no, it's 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 not it's not appropriate at all what you what you're describing, Brian. Well, sir, many times uh, they would they would put us in trucks that are unsafe for the road, and they wow. say, well, if you don't get in the truck and go to, don't go do the call, go home, punch out, go home, and that's it. You know, like they don't leave hmm. you a choice. So I, I don't know what the law says on that. It's just I know that 
I've been with this company quite a few years, and it's been toxic for the past five. And well, I don't, Brian, I don't he, here's the thing, and I've talked before about this on the show, and, and this is something I take very seriously: safety at work, especially when you're a driver. My gosh, the, the 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 vehicle has to be safe; otherwise, you're putting yourself and everyone else in danger. And, and I've spoken with a bunch of truckers over the years where clearly they were driving in an unsafe vehicle, and the company said, "Well, too bad; you got to do it anyway." If your company's putting you in an unsafe vehicle, then you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. Not only is it illegal, mm. is it illegal? Of course, it's illegal. But just by putting you in that situation, and you say, you know, they're also creating a toxic work environment, you may be able to say, "Enough is enough." Okay, I can get out of there. I can get my severance. How long have you been there, Brian? Over ten years. Well, you wow. could potentially be looking at it at ten months, even a year's pay here. So I don't want you and anyone else to to put yourself in danger. And and the company putting you in danger is doing something illegal. So this is, goes beyond overtime. You know, when it comes to safety, it's more than just about money. So uh, if you feel you're in a situation where you're put in an unsafe uh, environment or your colleagues are, you really got to reach out to me. Let's have a more serious discussion about that than what we can have here on air. Uh, and we may be able to involve the, the Ministry of Labor. It could be a, a workplace uh, safety and, and health issue and potentially get you out of there if what they're doing is completely wrong. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. I'm going to give you that number now as we uh, as we let you go. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Reach out, please. Talk to Lior. Get this thing solved and help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break here. Get back into our topic of workplace rights. Your employer will not tell you about, but we will. And your phone call still got time. Six one three five two one. Talk. It's the Employment Hour on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Now back to the Employment Hour with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru. Still plenty of time for you to uh, call in and uh, make questions, your comments at 613-521-TALK. In that regard, we'll get to uh, to Kathleen. Kathleen, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for calling in. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? You were great. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I've recently been um, sent or hand-delivered a letter. I regret to inform you. Um, they've uh, chosen to relocate my position to Montreal, and uh, they're offering me a 20 weeks cap of severance. And I've been with the company for 33 and a half years. Oh my gosh! <laughs> my gosh. Wow. Now, Kathleen, when is this change going to be effective? In other words, when are you going to be out of a job? At the 20th of January. So th- this this month. Yeah, and my letter, I have to give them an answer of three options by Monday. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you exactly what your answer is going to be. It's going to be a very polite but very firm thanks but no thanks. Okay, and and let me tell you why, because this is very serious. I just Uh, throw in, if I can, that uh, I'm bound by a collective agreement. Ah, then then I will change everything I was about to say. (laughs) I know, I wish I was. I should have asked that first. Unfortunately, if you're bound by a collective agreement, it's quite possible, in fact, likely that all you're owed is the 20 weeks pay uh, because a co- the collective agreement would significantly, significantly limit your entitlements. Mm-hmm. If you weren't part of a union, you easily would be looking at uh, two years pay. So forget about 20 weeks, it would be two years pay. Uh, but because you're part of a, a collective agreement, talk to your union, but it's very likely you wouldn't be owed anymore. I would talk to your union. Beyond that, there would be not much you could do. I, I-, I wish there was. And I probably should have asked you that right off the bat, but because you're part of a union, your entitlements, unfortunately, on a situation where you lose your job, are going to be a fraction of what they are for a non-union employee. 
And it's too bad that the unions cap you as a maximum of 20 years because yeah. uh, I've been there for so long. It is too bad. It's it's extremely unfortunate. That's, that's you know, five months or so instead of uh, the, the two years that it would have been otherwise. Uh, I wish I could help you, Kathleen, but uh, the collective agreement governs here. Do you have a, do you need anybody like a right-hand man or something? I know. Yeah. Give me a call. I'd love yeah, to talk to exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> Kathleen, appreciate your call. Uh, thank you very much. Moving on to uh, to Joan. Hey, Joan, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Joan. I'm not, I, you there? Joan. Hello. You can, Hi. Oh, there you are. Hi. Hi. How are you? Go ahead. Okay, I'm a little bit nervous, but ah. I'll try and get the points correctly. Sure. Okay, so there's three major points. The first point is the one you were speaking about earlier, where the company was sold and the empl- employee's uh, employment was um, continued with the new buyer. Yep. Um, the second one is is that they uh, offered um, a termination notice uh, <clears throat> with severance and and um, everything laid out in the package, and they did not take into account the employee's age. So apparently at 70, the uh, employee no longer is um, valid in the company benefits plan. Everything is canceled. So this part of this um, benefits and sales and commissions and everything was part of that original uh, termination offer without cause. So hold on, let me, let me, I'm not sure I understand. Are you saying that you started working with a new company that bought the business and at some point later on they let you go? No, there's been no termination of employment. There's been an offer of termination or an offer of, I, it's, actually it says an offer of termination. So I'm not sure what, what an offer of termination means. In other no. words, you can tell us if you want, if we want, uh, if you want us to let you go? Oh, uh, yes, to complete employment with them, to finish employment with them. So in other words, they're offering you the position, the, the ability maybe to retire if you want. Exactly. But you, but you can continue working if you want to continue working. Exactly. I understand. Okay. Um, so it was agreed upon that the retirement would take place um, September of this year, but that letter was signed in September of last year. When they made up the termination or the the retirement package, they did not take into account the employee's age. So there was three or four uh, terms of that contract that they could not. Um, I don't know how to say it, but he's he's too old. He's seventy, so the company doesn't offer extended medical, right. uh, long-term, anything else, it was all suspended on him. And he wasn't given any lieu, uh, he wasn't given any uh, lieu of benefits. So, and also they never informed him at 67 that he could no longer, he no longer had to pay Canada Pension Plan. So for the last three years, he's been paying Canada Pension Plan, where really it's, capped at 67. 
So l- let me talk about this retirement option. Here's the thing. When a company decides to let the employee go, in other words, the company makes a unilateral move, then the law jumps in and says, you have to do it this way. You have to, you have to pay this amount and you have to account for age, position, length of employment. When a company is not terminating, the company is simply making an offer, an option, then the law kind of stays out of it uh, because it's up to the employee and the employer to agree if they want to. As long as the employee has the ability to continue working if he or she wants to, then it's not a termination. The company may say, hey, we'll give you 50 bucks if you want to retire. Most people are going to say no to that, but if the person wants 50 bucks, he can take 50 bucks. So ultimately, in this situation, there's not much that can be done if the this, the termination offer is not as good or the retirement offer is not as good as if it would be if it was a regular termination. Now, many employers' benefits plans terminate at a certain age. Uh, it, it's just the way the plans are structured. Not much can be done about that. Now, in terms of CPP, that's a great question. I, I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I don't know if he's able to re- recover this money uh, or, or not. Uh, I don't. He wouldn't be able to recover it from his employer, but I wonder if he'd be able to get it back from CPP. I, I don't know. I can look into that. Uh, but in terms of the, the retirement option that they've offered him, uh, even though it may not be a great one, not much can be done about it because, again, it's not a termination. It's simply an option, and he can absolutely say no to, no to it and continue working. If they decide to terminate, at that point, he could be owed significant severance, and this person uh, should go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out how much he'd be owed in that situation. Okay, so the third thing is, is that they revamped the contract. They, and they've called it now an offer of termination. So we gotta, we gotta go, unfortunately, Joan. So here's what I'm gonna say because our time is up here on the show. Okay. I want this person or yourself to call me as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. All fair. Let's talk about that because I don't want him to sign anything. I don't want him to agree to anything without me having all the facts. So reach out to me as soon as possible. Joan, appreciate your call. Good for another week, guys, and appreciate uh, your ear and your calls as well. Till next time, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Reach out, get a hold of Lee or SeverancePayCalculator.com. Always go there, find out what you're really owed. And if you want to reach out through email, you can do that as well. Help at employmenthour.com as well. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour right here, News Talk five eighty CFRA.